And grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is, is from John and the sixth chapter, I am the bread of life. Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Dear friends of Christ, have you ever found yourself doing this? It's four in the afternoon, and you feel like you didn't get anything done. You know, it's just one of those days where you planned, you had an idea how the day was going to go, you had an agenda, and then the phone rang, and you talked on the phone with somebody, and then something came up, you had to run a few errands, then somebody walks into your office and decides they need to talk for a while, and before you know it, there it is, the end of the afternoon, and you haven't accomplished anything. You haven't gotten anything that you plan to get done. And, and uh, you've all been there, right? I mean, we've all done that. I'm not the only one, right? Uh, it, it happens. That's kind of life. But I bet if we really studied it, I bet we'd find that the things that we left undone were the important things. And because it's so easy to leave the important things and say, I really know I need to go do that, but this person just dropped by. Or I really need to do this. It's a very important, but something less important keeps you away from it. Well, when apply, that applies to spiritual matters in our life too. It's important. It's a big deal. But how many times in your life, and I bet if I asked you, is it important for you to be in God's Word? Oh, it's very important. Very important that I'm in God's Word. Is your spiritual life important? Does your soul matter? Very important. Very important that my spiritual life matters. Right? And so that's what we would say with our lips. That's what we'd say with our mouth. But then we, when it comes to spiritual matters, we say, well, I want to go to church. Right now, I know you're here at church today, so I'm preaching to the choir, but pick a Sunday where you didn't come to church, right? And you say, now, I'm not, I, I know I want to go to church, but then something pops up, somebody drops by, and you just decide, we're going to skip this Sunday. You want to attend a Bible study, and that might hit more of you, because I know that, not, that, that most of our congregations don't, don't go to Bible studies. And so there's a Bible study that's offered, and it's offered here every Sunday morning, and you have all the best intentions. I'm going to go to a Bible study. I'm going to make sure that happens. I am going to feed from the bread of life. I am going to take care of that which is important. And then something pops up, you're too busy, and it just never becomes a priority. Is that kind of how it, how it is with you? We want to find time to pray, but there are our devices there's TV, things to do that we consider more important in the end, right? And then we don't pray. I wrote about this spiritual problem in our newsletter, our church newsletter this past month. Did you read that? I entitled it, uh, I titled it uh, Keeping Your Eye on the Ball, kind of like a coach, right? And I can't tell how many coaches, and I did, played so many sports, and the coaches would always say, watch the ball, watch the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. And it's so very important in, in almost every sport that you keep your eye on the ball if you want to be successful. It's the same thing in faith. If you want to be successful in faith, if you want to be that child of God that God wants you to be, keep your eye on the ball. 
Plug yourself into the Word of God. Feed on the bread of life. It's so very important, and yet, and yet uh, it's so easy to take your eye off the ball. I'm a tennis player, and you know I, I, I really struggle keeping my eye on the ball. And I'll go out there, and I'll be playing tennis, and I'll be having a bad day, and here comes a ball, and I'm just like, I'm hitting the ball like this, right? I'm not focused on the ball. You watch the pros, and they're hitting the ball, and that ball's right there, and you can see the focus and the intensity. They're pros. They know how to keep their eye on the ball. They're pros. How are we spiritually? Are we professionals when it comes to keeping our eye on Jesus? With that kind of focus, with that kind of intensity, being in the Word of God, feeding the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, eating the manna that God gives from heaven, who is Jesus Christ, found in the Scriptures. How good are we are preparing ourselves? Keeping our eye on, the, on Jesus. Well, let's, let's think about that because Jesus is a big deal. He's a big deal. And that's our theme for today. One of the reasons people give for not coming to a Bible class or not doing daily devotions is they don't have enough time. And that's, that's what we always hear. Well, I'd, I'd like to come to church. I'd like to do those things. Just don't have enough time. But is that really true? Is it really true that you just don't have enough? There's just not enough hours in the day. I know we're busy, I know we're busy, but is a real reason that you just don't care enough about God? Is the real reason you don't care enough about your soul? Ouch! Ouch, that kind of gets to the problem, doesn't it? The reality hurts a bit. It's not that we don't have the time. It's what priorities are we making in our lives? How important is it? How important do you really think it is? And and I want you to think about that. How you let other priorities push God out of your lives. You let other priorities push God away. And you say, oh, certainly not. I certainly would not do that. Too important. It's too important to let me do that. I No, I, I wouldn't be doing that. And those words sound great. Unfortunately, our behavior betrays our true nature. Our behavior betrays our true supposition that spiritual things aren't that big of a priority. That our soul isn't that much a concern. And that's the way it was with the crowd. They were worried about their tummies. They were worried about their, their physical life. They weren't worried about their soul, and Jesus understood that. They wanted bread, but not the bread of life. People say, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough money to support the mission of God. And I wonder, is that really true? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Is that really true? Are you really out of money? Or is it that you spend your money on things other than Jesus and His work? Where's your heart? Jesus says where your heart is, that's where your treasures will be. Where your heart is, that's where you spend your money. So look around your house. What's your focus? Look around your life. Where's your passion? Where do you spend your money? We make choices. We decide how we're going to live. 
People say, I'd like to spend time loving people. I'd like to spend time in volunteering and for the church, but I just don't have time. Or do we make it a priority? We make choices, and we decide how to spend our time. We decide how to spend our money. And what are the consequences of our choices? What are the consequences of our choices? Well, for the crowd in our text, the consequences were pretty severe. They were so distracted that they didn't see that Jesus was the very bread of life. Oh, they were caught up in all the things of this earth. And, you know, they had just seen Jesus feed the 5,000. They'd, they'd, the, the disciples had seen Jesus walk in the water. They got, Jesus had gotten to the, like, miraculously to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. How did he get to the other side of the sea when he, didn't, he wasn't on the boat? He never got on a boat, and the people know he, knew he never got on the boat. How did he get to the other side of the sea? Well, he walked on the water. And they're all concerned. How'd you get over there? How'd you do that? The miracle man, very impressed with the miracle man, fed the 5,000. But they weren't seeking Jesus for the right reason. They were seeking Jesus for all the wrong reasons. People still do that today. They come to church because they want to be successful. They want to be powerful. They want to be patted on the back and told that their lives are okay. They don't want to be called sinners. They don't want to be called on their knees to repent, to cry out to God, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Dear Lord, give me your body. Give me your blood. Be the bread of life. Feed me and wash me and cleanse me and make me whole because I am not whole and I am not clean. And they don't want to hear that message. They want to hear a message of power and signs and the miracle man. Like a Las Vegas show. They wanted him to come by and they wanted to be entertained. Hey, Jesus, can you show us another sign? Can you show us another miracle? What can you do for us today? Jesus knew the crowd was searching for him, but it wasn't because they were concerned about their soul. They weren't concerned about their spiritual life either. The people weren't worried about salvation, about eternal death, about their sin. All they were searching, they weren't searching for Jesus to worship him. They didn't track Jesus down so they could learn more about God, so they could sit at his feet and be enlightened and grow in the faith and learn to love God and learn to love one another. No, they just wanted to see another miracle. They, they wanted to see a sign. You know, a sign in and of itself is nothing, right? A sign is just a sign that points to something. Something that's a big deal. You have a sign that says stop. The, the stop sign in and of itself is just a, just a red sign. The important big deal is the intersection. Stop. The big deal is what's, what's going to happen if you don't stop, right? So the sign points to something. And that's what signs do. They point to the big deal. And Jesus was talking about these signs. The people wanted to sign. And Jesus was giving them signs. He said, remember the bread, from, the bread of heaven from the Old Testament? How Moses fed them in the, in the wilderness? And Jesus said, Moses didn't feed them. God fed them. And yes, that was the bread from heaven. And I'm the bread from heaven. Don't you get it? 
I'm a big deal. I'm the big deal. Well, what about the bread? The bread was pretty impressive. I mean, we could, we could do things in this life. We can eat. We can have our, our tummies filled, and, and we can watch you do signs. Oh, we love the signs. Show us signs, Jesus. And Jesus says, all oh, the signs are pointing to me. All the signs are pointing to the big deal. Isn't it fascinating how we miss all that? How we can come to church and we can sing the hymns and we can, we can let the prayers come off our lips and we haven't paid attention to anything that we've said, anything that we've done. And before we know it, we go home and say, well, I didn't get much out of that worship service. Was it because Jesus wasn't a big deal? When it comes to spiritual things, we really struggle. And so Jesus says in our text, I am the bread of life. I am the big deal. I am. I am. When Jesus says, I am, he says, I am the creator. That's what he's saying. He says, I am the big deal. I am the creator. I am the savior. I am God. I am doesn't need further description. I am doesn't have a beginning. I am doesn't have an end. I am cannot be explained. When God met Moses at the fiery bush on that mountain, Moses said, who are you? And God said, I am that I am. In other words, this is what it means. I am the existence of all that is. I am. Nothing exists without me. I am all that exists. Who are you? Existence. You created existence? Yes. Well, who created you? Nobody. I am. That's my name. I am. God said this to Moses. I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, the I am has sent me to you. And do you know, did you know that God is called Yahweh? That's his name, Yahweh. And do you know what Yahweh means? I am. I am. Yahweh. God. I am. And Jesus says, I am. You get it? I am the bread of life. I am the big deal. I am the one who is to be focused on. Not the bread that you ate. Not the fish that you ate. Not the fact that I can walk on the water. Not the fact that I can calm the sea. Not the fact that I can raise the dead. I can, I can save your soul. Why? Because I am. Oh, but Jesus, you look so insignificant. You're just a man. You look so, you look so human. You, look, you, don't, you don't impress us as God. He's not God. Let's kill him. And instead of being focused on who he was, feeding from the bread of life, kneeling at his feet and saying, Jesus, teach us more. Crucify him. Crucify him. And, of course, they got that accomplished. 
Don't you get it? Jesus is a big deal. People miss all that. We're still missing it today. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he is declaring himself to be God in the flesh. And the crowd didn't see that he was a big deal. So Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils. Don't focus on the things of this earth. Don't lose track. Keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. But work for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man can give you. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hunger. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Or Jesus could have said it this way. Keep your eye on the ball. Pay attention to your soul. Feed your soul. Feed your soul with the word of God. Feed your soul with a body and blood given and shed. Come and learn. Come and listen. Pay attention to your soul. Hebrews says it this way, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so easily to us and let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, learning from Jesus, hearing from Jesus, studying about Jesus, becoming disciples, students of his word, disciples, followers, learners. What do you learn about Jesus? He's the big deal. And he's the only one that can offer us the big deal of the day, eternal life. You know, we all watch that show, Let's Make a Deal, and of course there's a big deal at the end, and it's wonderful to win a car. I'll go for curtain three. Oh, I hope it's a car, right? It's, Jesus offers a bigger deal. He offers himself. He offers us the bread of life. He offers us eternal life. He offers us forgiveness of sins to come and to live in Him and to learn how much He loved us that we in turn, out of appreciation, might learn to love one another and serve one another and be obedient to God and His commands and be lights that reflect the glory of that God who lives within us. Because it's a big deal. And He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me even though he dies, yet shall he live, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You know, death is a grim reaper. Death is the all-powerful terminator that extinguishes life in every being from all people. And Jesus came to change all that, to take away its power, that we might have life in death. Death is not the dreaded conclusion to a meaningless existence. Death is now the gateway to eternal life. And for Christians who have been saved by the blood of Jesus, death is a beginning, isn't it? Death is the beginning of our eternal joy, of our eternal promise, of our eternal hope. It's our passage to a life that will never end. It's kind of a big deal. Jesus wants us to know our souls are important to him. We tend to ignore all that, though. We live our lives. We don't think about it. We don't have time to pray. I don't have time to worship. I don't have time to do these things. And he said, do not be anxious, though. Put your faith into practice. Do not be anxious by saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Don't get caught up in the things of the world. For the Gentiles seek after all these things of the world. And your heavenly Father knows you need them all. 
But you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and His holiness, and all these things will be given to you. They'll all be added to you. Seek God's kingdom. Keep your eye on the ball. And your spiritual coach, the Holy Spirit, comes and says, nurture your faith, feed your faith. And you say, well, I'm here. I'm here on Sunday. That's good. Next Sunday. Or throughout the week in the Word of God, in, in your daily devotions. Or, or in Bible study where you can dig deeper and learn more. The big deal, to learn. And that's why Jesus said to the crowds who were more concerned about their stomachs than they were about their souls, the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. Listen, if you feed your faith, you grow. If you don't feed your faith, you're weak. Weak faith. I see it a lot. Weak faith is shocked and, un- shocked and unprepared for, when, for trials and tragedy. And trials and tragedy happen in your lives. It happens every week to somebody in this congregation. A trial, a difficulty, a tragedy. Weak faith struggles with God because weak faith refuses to walk with God, to learn from God, to learn about the ways of God. It refuses to keep the eye on the ball, to make Jesus a focus. And when we keep our eye on the ball and our faith is prepared, when we keep our eye on the ball, our faith is focused for trials and tragedy and faith clings and it hopes to these things that we don't possess and says, I may be hurting, but my God, my Jesus, will always protect me. He will always be there to strengthen me, to uplift me, to give me hope in the darkest, the darkest of days. And faith says blessings are coming. So this morning, come to Jesus. Jesus came to fill souls with the bread of life to to feed you. And He wants to feed you. He wants to fill you up with a substance that's eternal. Not just bread that perishes. So receive the gift that He offers. Kneel, Kneel before His altar as He gives you His body and His blood. The bread of life given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins because he's loved you so much with such an incomprehensible love that you can comprehend to some degree that God loved me this much that I might then receive that love and live for him, seek him, serve him by making him a priority and by loving the people around me. Jesus gives us his spiritual food, doesn't he? He directs us to what's truly important, doesn't he? He encourages us to listen and to learn, doesn't he? Because it's important with our relationship with God. He invites us to his table, to the bread of life, and this spiritual food that gives us an eternal perspective, an eternal perspective of who we really are. It's not all about this world, an eternal hope. And that eternal hope is a big deal. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.